What is good? How are y'all feeling today? Welcome to the third episode of the Footprints Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Winoto, and today we've got a great friend of mine, and more importantly, an exemplary leader hailing all the way from South Africa, Lumelo Notche coming onto the show. As Lumelo holds on to his values of unity and solidarity, even in this crazy world, especially with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and looming racial issues, Black Lives Matter included, he has been able to lead and generate an impact to both his high school and the greater South African community. I attended summer camp together with him about two years ago, and man, is he such an amazing dude. In a few moments, I will be reconnecting with him again after a very long time. So without further ado, y'all get ready because we're going to jump right in to today's episode of the Footprints Podcast. This is the Footprints Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Footprints Podcast where we will explore the footprints of today's heroes and tomorrow's leaders. Flamelo Notche, my man. How are you doing today, bro? Isaac, 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 my guy. What's up, bro? I'm I'm grand, dude. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you, man? Awesome. Thanks for asking, man. Um, I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, not a lot to do right now because it's already kind of late here in Indonesia. But this morning, I was driving my parents around um, doing some cores. But yeah, just before this, I was doing a really light workout, you know, getting a few reps in. And yeah, that's pretty much it. All about the gains. I like that, man. All about the gains. That's good. Um, uh, Yeah, no, it's about midday, like what, about four o'clock, you know, sun's out. It's a bit hot. But other than that, you know, I'm good, bro. Getting ready. I'm going back to school soon. So like uh, kind of getting ready for all of that stuff. But other than that, I'm, I'm strong, bro. That's so good to hear, man. It's been, I don't know, two years since we talked, bro. So excited to two talk years, to you again. Dude. Two years, man. Some wild times. But uh, yeah, I'm glad we reconnected, man. Yeah. Hope you hope you picked up some basketball within these two years. <laughs> Ooh, man, I can cross you now. You have no idea, dude. Oh no. Like I'm I'm very naughty at the basketball now, bro. No way. You gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but sure, anyway, how's how's life in South Africa these days with you know with these unprecedented times and the pandemic? How are things going? Well, you know, man, like um it's it's hectic, like all over the world. It's hectic. There's so much uncertainty, like never, you know, never before scenes we're witnessing right now. You know, um, we're in South Africa, we have like a lockdown, like a leveled lockdown system. Um, so like when things got bad and it kind of really broke out here in South Africa, that was like in March, uh, we were put into level five, which meant like school was canceled. We came back home, had to do things online. Like you couldn't leave, you know, your house unless you're going for groceries. Like we had the police and army literally like like kind of patrolling the streets, you know, making sure that you weren't out partying or whatever the case, you know. And that was like in March. But um, since then, the levels have gone down. So right now we're in level three. So it's a little bit closer to like normal life. So you are now allowed like smallish gatherings. You can go like to restaurants and get food. But um, still, you know, not normalcy, but um, we're getting there. We're getting there. Right, right. Um, it's good to hear that things are getting better. But obviously, yes, these are unprecedented times. And um, everyone in the world, I think, is mm. experiencing this together. We're all in this together. So mm. hopefully things get better quickly. 
But yeah, um, so great to have such an awesome guest coming to the show. Um, from when I knew Fumelo back in 2018 until now, I've seen him um, also like his um, posts in social media and everything. One thing that I see from you, one word that comes to mind whenever I think of you and what you've done is a leadership. And probably um, speaking more about leadership, could you talk a little bit of your background and your leadership role in your school, the Hilton College? Oh, yeah, sure, man. No problem. First first and foremost, I just want to say thanks so much for inviting me and having me on the show. I really don't like think of myself as, you know, the the you know, leaders of tomorrow or whatever the case, but I really appreciate that you thought to reach out to me. It was great just chatting to you again and um I'm really, really pumped to to be here. Thanks, man. Um and just quickly talking about um, my yeah, my background, I guess. Um so um my position at school is what you call the the head of school. Um, and that pretty much means I'm like the student leader um, at the school. I pretty much think of myself as a, um, a as a liaison between the staff and and um, the students, you know. So the staff right. uh, kind of I kind of have meetings with like our principal and like our executive body, and they'll come to me and be like, you know, Shimelo, we're worried about this, this, and this that we see within the student body. And then what I do with that information, I'll go back. I have like a leadership team. So that has like heads of portfolio. So that would be like your heads of academics, your head of um, sport, your head of culture, and also heads of houses. Because I go to a boarding school. So we have like a bunch mm-hmm. of houses, you know. So there's like leaders in yep. those houses. Um, so together we make this one big leadership team. And so we'll discuss about how can we fix those problems. And moreover, it's about like from students, you know, students coming to us with their problems. And we kind of channel that to the executive and to the school and we try and like push new initiatives from a student side um and that's kind of what i do i'm kind of working you know in that gray area in between the two um bodies you know yeah i i get it um that that's a really cool position and it's a very honorable one indeed um being able to become the head boy of hilton college um Definitely, it's a big position. And yeah, with this much of responsibility, um, may I ask how many kids are you like the head of in this Hilton College? Yeah, so our school, like, you know, I know that like in the States, I'm not too sure how it is in Indonesia, but like I know you have huge schools with like thousands of people. Like we, we aren't that big. We're more of like a smaller private school. We have, we have about like, um, you know, 500, about 560, 560 students. We have five grades. Um, from grade eight to twelve, each grade about like a hundred and ten-ish um, students. So yeah, that's kind of the demographic we're working with. Right, five hundred sixty students over five grades. Actually, I also go to a rather smaller school. Uh, my cohort is like sixty students, but yeah, our high school is around three hundred students. Uh, but yeah, I would say it's a great deal of responsibility, five hundred students, and you know, it's not always going to be easy, right? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that it's it's a, it's a lot of hard work. I think because you know, five hundred and sixty people, each one of them have their own ideas, have their own things that they would like, their own opinions. So it's difficult to try and manage all of that. But again, I've got that leadership team I was telling you about. They're amazing guys who, and together we work really, really well to try and you know, do the best for the most amount of people. You know, that's that's really good. And um, 
being able to provide different opinions, I think, from uh, a student's perspective and then a teacher's perspective and then a sports leader perspective, I think um, this kind of um, leadership, I think, um, it will definitely make the school uh, grow really well, I think. Um, you being in this um, very honorable um, position, speaking of leadership, I would like to know, like, what is your definition of a good leader, bro? Yeah, dude, yeah, tough question. Um, and uh, I think that, bro, I think that, in, like, I think that it manifests, like, in so many different ways, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I don't think, you know, you know what I mean? I don't think there's one definition of a good leader. For me, personally, what I try and do and kind of, like, the criteria that I try and go for is, like, in three parts, you know? I think, firstly, as a leader, you know, you, you have to have, like, a vision, you know what I mean? You have to see a problem and you have to kind of devise a way and see a way to solve it. And I think so often, like, particularly like in, you know, high school and school, people want like leadership positions just for the title. And they don't really, they don't really know what they want to do with that. You know what I mean? And so I yeah. think that firstly, you need to have like a vision that you're working towards. And then with that, I think you have to have passion. Like you have to be charged and you have to be pumped to, to see that, vision come to fruition you know i think and as we're talking about now like leadership it's not it's not really an easy thing you know what i mean sometimes you have to be the bad guy sometimes your plans won't come through and so you have to be passionate about that vision to make sure that you keep you know you you keep pushing it you keep on going with it you know and then finally i think that it's about like i think that being a good leader you have to try and find ways to empower those people around like the, the people around you so that they themselves feel as though they're part of that vision and they can find their own unique way to kind of connect and feed into that vision, you know? Like, for example, for me, like, I'll try and devise, like, one aspirational vision goal, but I also have to try and find ways that I have, like, the head of sport getting excited and finding a cool way that he can use his portfolio to support that vision, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that's... I think that's important. Like you have to be thinking of the next generation. Like how can I empower the guys in years below me as well as the guys in my team around me, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, absolutely. And I really like what you're doing with um, the vision and then also driving passion and also having the heart for the next generation, uh, which is basically <laughs> what this whole podcast is all about, empowering the youth, empowering the next generation and building um, future leaders and preparing a future generation of yeah. uh, young leaders and heroes. So um, I really agree with all the points you're talking about. Um, I myself was also uh, the president of the student council uh, when I was in high school. So I really agree. Um, the, the points that you're saying to me also resonate with me because as a leader, um, there is just so much that um, you can't please everybody, right? Um, exactly sometimes you have to play as the bad guy sometimes yeah things it, it's going to be very hard especially with you having 560 students uh below you and also like different bodies within the school it's very difficult to please everybody yeah completely but, completely. but yeah i think um even with that even with these difficult challenges um having a vision i think what you said was really important uh you already know that if you have like a leader who just comes in and just wants to be there for the clout or, you know, just for, yeah, yeah if, if he's not committed to the job, 
we already know that it's not going to work. And I really commend you on like the dedication that you have in the Hilton Boys community, which is Thanks, really amazing. Thanks, appreciate it. Thanks, man. And speaking of challenges, um, I know you mentioned that being a head boy is not something that is very easy, but what are some of the most difficult challenges in being a head boy in Hilton College? No, sure, bro. Um, well, firstly, like on a kind of a superficial level, it is quite a bit of work, you know? So it's about, you know, trying to manage between like school itself, like academics, um, sport, you know, I play, I play some instruments as well, um, you know, trying to manage all of that as well as, you know, the role. But even more than that, I think what we're talking about now, about how sometimes you have to be the bad guy, you know, sometimes you, you your plans won't come to fruition. And moreover that like at our school, you know, in South Africa as well on, on a wider level, is made up of such a diverse community, you know. And again, what we're talking about, that that births so many different opinions, you know. Um, and it's, so it's like, okay, how do we try and do the best for as many people? And um, and I think even more so, I think my school, it's a, it's a very kind of old, proud, traditional um, school, you know. And because of that, we have such a rich history behind us, you know. And so it's about trying to navigate that and trying to say, okay, what are the proud historical things we can try and preserve? And what are some of the, you know, what are some of the traditions that we don't really think we'll need anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, and again, for me, I find this a little bit difficult because I'm, I don't know, I like to think I'm a progressive guy. And, mm-hmm. um, like, at my school, there's a huge, huge kind of rugby culture. And, um, Isaac, you've seen me. Like, I'm a, I'm a really small guy, dude. Like, I cannot survive on a rugby field. For the guys who don't know rugby, it's like it's like American football. So you have to be a huge, buff, physical guy. And you know I me, man. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm nowhere near that. I'm nowhere near that, you know. Um, gotcha. So, you know, a challenge has been like, okay, how do I still support that rugby culture? Even though I don't 100%, you know, understand it, don't 100% subscribe to it. But how am I still, mm-hmm. you know mindful of that because it's played such an important role in the history of um of the school you know what i mean so it's like how do i make sure i navigate that i'm still mindful of that but can still push a progressive agenda you know that's really good i think um although it's not your interest or maybe your biggest you know spot it's not something that you really find as a hobby being able to think of all these things um although it's not your interest i think that's something that a leader really resonates with. That's something that a leader really should do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being able to grapple other people's interests and just involve everyone. Uh, that that leads me to a value that I think is important in leadership too. Uh, unity, right? Um, yeah. 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 And what you're doing is exemplary of what unity is. So that's really Thanks, cool. Man, yeah. And yeah, speaking of challenges also, um, when this pandemic hit, like what you said, um, when South Africa went through, let's say, level five lockdown um, back in March, it definitely wasn't an easy time, I think, especially um, for yeah your Hilton Boys community too. But when that pandemic hit and uncertainty started to rise in the world, and especially in your uh, in your country too, South Africa, um, how did you respond to that as a leader? Yeah, man. Like uh, again, um, I think for us, like I think at our school, we felt it particularly hard because as I said you know we're full boarding school which means that everybody um boards at the school so we're used to being 
you know, together like all the time, you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that sense of community, that's really, you know, being together is what really fosters our sense of community and our sense of unity, you know? Right. Um, and again, even looking back at the rugby culture, this last um, term semester was supposed to be our big kind of winter sports season. And that's where we have like huge matches, um, you know, and that's a really big like time for us as a community, you know, coming together like that. Mm-hmm. But then now because of the pandemic, you know, all of that was kind of pushed away and, and, and couldn't happen anymore. We couldn't have our sports matches. We couldn't physically be together as a school. And so... You know, I think for a couple of guys, like we did feel that we you know we're losing a bit of our identity, and I think that a big thing for me and my team, you know, when we're talking about that, was number one, we have to really send a message to the guys that, you know, our unity and our brotherhood, it's more than just being on campus together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. our brotherhood is something that like the kind of and I'm yeah something that kind of binds us all together you know exactly. even when we aren't together even when we aren't you know on the sports field you know what I mean um and secondly as well it's also about saying okay even though we aren't together how can we still find ways to empower the rest of the community to still feel connected to the school to do things to still feel connected to the school so like for example what we would do is that um we would still do um, like sports training sessions virtually. So you like log in for your um, sports session online. There'd be a video, your coach is there talking to you. You'd be kind of video chat training with um, with your teammates. You know what I mean? And it's not the same and it's completely kind of, you know, it's not the same vibe and energy, but at least it's something. At least you still feel that you're somewhat connected to the school. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. And I think that's really great. Um, especially in the times of uncertainty, I think um, togetherness, uh, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that you yeah. have these band of brothers together with you, that's something that's really encouraging. And I think that leads um, to something that I also uh, found out earlier, that you started this Run for Lives initiative, I think, with your friends. Yeah, no, we did. Um, and that really, like, top stuff, hats off to um, have the head of community. So we have, like, a head of outreach at our school, right. as well as our head of sport, um, the boy leaders there. And they were really, really passionate and really, really did push this. But essentially, like, um, we were just chatting and we were saying, like, number one, as a community, we want to find a way to kind of bring us all together, even though we aren't on campus. And number two, like, throughout South Africa, in the world, this pandemic has, bro, like, it's it's really hurt people, you know what I mean? People are really oh, oh, suffering. Oh, for sure, man. You know, yeah. people are really suffering during this time. And you wanted That's to right. try and find a way that, like, as, you know, as a Hilton boy, as a Hilton parent, as somebody who's not even affiliated with the school, how can how can you support these people during this time, you know? And that's where the Run for Lives um, idea came from. Um, so really what we said, we said, like, what's something that everybody can do during lockdown? Uh, you were allowed to run during lockdown. So we said, okay, let's try and design a campaign um, around that. And so essentially what we say is that um, throughout the, we did it for about a month in May. We said throughout May, try and run as much as you can. And what you do is that for each K that you run, you look for sponsors to sponsor you a certain amount of money, right? And so it can be like three rand per K, four rand per K or whatever the case. 
and it really really took well the community just did amazing work with it we had guys who were getting like 50 rand per k went on to run like 200 kilometers you know that's like a lot of money um and it was just it was a really really humbling and powerful experience for me i'd say wow totally respect dude especially in this time of uncertainty and with with the lockdown and everything it's really empowering for uh for this generation and it really also it doesn't only help our generation but also helps those older than us right it's yeah uh, your community should be uh, really grateful for when you started this initiative and also uh, one thing that I want to bring up is that you said before that your Hilton College um, school community is a very diverse community, right? And mm-hmm. I think something that diversity, something that is still a shame right now in the world is that people still cannot embrace that diversity. And by that, I mean people, there are still a lot of people who are racist. I want to bring up a little bit about, um, especially with the climate that's happening in the world right now, um, the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor in the U.S., and then um, many other bold African-Americans also, um, and all this Black Lives Matter um, movement happening in the U.S. Um, As a South African, um, being in such a diverse community, having like diversity as something that you really believe in, uh, when you heard these news, how did you... I want to know how you responded to it and um, do these racial problems also occur in South Africa? Yeah, man, I think it's such a relevant question. And for sure, 100%, 100%, 100%. I think that these problems still happen in South Africa. I think that like a common misconception that a lot of, you know, um, white South Africans have, um, you know, internationally as well, people think that after, you know, apartheid, ended, you know, we had that horrible, horrible period of apartheid. And when it comes to an end, they think that that's the the end of, you know, the racial struggle, you know what I mean? And even with this, I banned under all kind of discriminatory, you know, struggles, you know, they think that's the end of it. And I think that after, you know, George Floyd, um, George Floyd's murder video came out, you know, that was like the spark, the final blow that forced people to address the issues that you know the black community and the wider POC kind of community have been speaking about for so long. You know what I mean? I think what right. that video did is that it showed to people that like there's no more denying it. You know what I mean? It's there. This is what we've been telling you. You know what I mean? That's it. And 100%. I think that in South Africa, particularly, like our problem is, is that on a structural level, we haven't seen the transformation that we that we wanted to see since after apartheid. Like on a socio-economic level, like a lot of people are still in the same kind of economic, socioeconomic class and bracket and living a very similar life to what it was like under apartheid. But now we just don't have the same name and laws kind of forcing that, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And again, like even more so, like what we're dealing with now is that more kind of subtle racism in our structures in society and our conversations with people and so, again, that George Floyd murder kind of really forced us to put a mirror and really think about, okay, how does that exist in our community, you know? And um, I think particularly at, like, you know, at our school at Hilton, um, you know, we're kind of a big, traditional, um, elite, private school. And for us, it really forced us to look at 
the again the subtle kind of structures that we have that are discriminating against other kinds of people as well as like in our interactions like when i'm chatting to my friends you know what i mean what am i saying that could be subtly discriminatory you know and so mm-hmm. that really really did force us to kind of address that and um for us what we found was the best way to try and deal with the problem and by no means we're nowhere near solving it you know what i mean nowhere near solving it but yeah. the steps that we've taken to try and address that is that we felt that a big problem internationally and particularly at at our kinds of schools you know those old elite private schools right. the problem is, is that people don't really have a voice you know what i mean to talk mm-hmm. about these issues and to voice their concerns and so what we really wanted to do was create platforms p- for people to do that you know mm-hmm. so um what we did is that we created like forums so weekly we have these huge kind of school grade chats anybody can come and really just talk about these issues you know we send out surveys where people can fill out information about kind of discriminatory experiences that they have you know and That's we good. we launched a website as well where people can access resources to educate themselves about the problems as well as there's like a, a forum kind of space where anybody can log in and um kind of post their thoughts their feelings um their experiences on the site and people can engage with that you know what i mean and that was again it's really just trying to create platforms for people to feel heard that's really good no um i think i think what you're doing is really incredible especially um when you're talking about this issue which is um still embarrassing and still uh it's very unfortunate that we're still dealing with this especially with um diversity um being i think one of the most important things uh that we have to embrace in this um crazy world that we live in right now yeah yeah and uh, what you're doing as a leader what you're trying to um embrace what you're trying to push for as a south african and as a head boy i think is something that i really support um just taking uh one sentence from a website that um i think you also talked about um we are tired um yes. yeah i think one sentence really um captures me here uh that says we are hopeful that one day we will not feel oppressed by our differences but rather empowered by them and dude i think that is really that is it that is what we have to embrace today right thanks um, yeah man 100% i'm really like, yeah go on sorry sorry like if if i may if i may even go on with that i think that like a problem that a lot of people have you know what i mean and you know when you talk to people about issues of race and what not they say you know oh no i don't see color you know what i mean mm-hmm. but like that's not the goal you know what i mean like i am a black i'm a black man and that's that that's good that's okay you know what i mean and it shouldn't be the situation whereby we don't want to acknowledge people's differences no no we must acknowledge that we are diverse we are different the thing is that that mustn't be the source for oppression but rather a place where we feel empowerment and pride you know what i mean we want to see color but when i see your color i must be proud and i must see it as something beautiful you know that's it man color is beautiful and diversity is beautiful let's all do our part and the thing is um what i want to say audience whoever is listening to this um hey let's let's embrace diversity uh unity and diversity that's also something that indonesia's uh indonesia's emblem like indonesia's slogan is also unity and diversity and i think that, that yeah. yeah it should be wherever you are wherever you live in any country 
uh, unity and diversity should be at your heart. I think so. And again, I'm really, I'm really inspired by the acts that you've been doing and by the leadership that you've shown, especially in such tough times. And yeah. personally, I think what I want to ask is, what values do you hold on dearly to yourself that make you the great leader you are today? Um, again, yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I think, you know, I don't always get it right. Um, I think, as as a human being, you know, I, I mess up often. But I think for me, number one just about even dealing with these like discrimination kind of thing i think it's that sense of respect you know what i mean i will respect you i understand that you're a human being and i'm going to respect you i'm going to respect you for that you know what i mean from the get go so that's that's mm-hmm. a really big that's a really big thing for me you know having a level of respect and i think because i respect you i want to be honest you know i'm i really do try to be honest with people and tell them how i'm feeling tell them be honest and in being vulnerable you know what i mean tell them when i've made the mistake tell them when i have um when i when i've messed up you know i think with that as well it's just integrity you know what i mean in in the sense that you must do what you do because you believe it you know what i mean because you think it's the right thing to do and you have a genuine heart about it you know what i mean that's it and you're not just doing it just for a show for the clout you know what i mean for the hype mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is you know and i think that integrity underpins that just to be like i'm doing this because it's good you know definitely and again mm-hmm. it's tough i don't get it right all the time but that's what i try to do wow bro i'm these values i think no wonder you're uh you're a great leader and hilton college is going to be so grateful man they are so lucky to have you um leading them as their head boy right now thanks bro appreciate that man Yeah and dude can you believe it's already 30 minutes I really enjoyed talking to you and I had some um questions lined up we can't even finish all of them dang uh, totally yeah, I really sorry, enjoyed think, this <laughs> Thanks I think it was for me just rambling on but awesome time dude Definitely man all the values that you shared and also like the the stories of your leadership truly inspired by them But that doesn't mean we're going to end this episode like this Um I got a final challenge for Flumelo to do uh ASAP Notche so ASAP Notche yeah yeah, Dang, yeah it's been long since I, I said that ASAP Notche we still yeah yes but anyway do you remember long long two years ago when you were um leading us zap zap for those of you who don't know zap oh, was like what is oh, <laughs> zap yeah. was like the house that i think 30 40 of us um were all in there and yeah, then yeah. flumelo was the one leading our chance you know being the excellent leader he is being the very moving <laughs> and charismatic leader he is i think great leaders like you can speak in a very powerful and moving way so i have one Thanks. final challenge for you bro can you already all right i'm a roll it my challenge is can you create a speech of something let's say very trivial I'm going to give you like a background, all right? Um okay. it's lunchtime in a lunch yeah. room. And then you see your friend eating what's your favorite dish? What's your favorite food? Ooh, tough question. Um okay, give me give me like a style. We're going Mexican or we going what are we going for? Anything. Let's let's do some yeah, Mexican food. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Just have to have a a taco, bro. All right. You see your friend um having that delicious taco. And then yeah. yeah, you see your pockets, you happen not to bring money that day and then 
you just want a bite of that taco or at least you know a pre-pandemic situation just um, grab some gloves and take the taco if you're afraid of the, the germs or anything but anyway you get my point right convince yeah, him yeah, so yeah. that he lets you get a bite of that taco okay okay um so okay yeah disclaimer this is pre you know pre-pandemic let's just say no coronavirus so i can take a good juicy bite out of the taco um gotcha. i'd say something like okay let's say i'm chatting to you isaac i'd be like hey isaac my brother my brother in arms we've we've been through a lot eh um boarding together from you know grade eight um i really think that we've developed a really strong brotherhood between us you know and um when i think of you i always think of somebody who's just genuine always so giving and um really embody that idea of you know the brotherhood that we learn here you know sure. and so like if it's not too much and i really i don't want to i don't want to 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 detriment you too much but i'm starving out here man i'm i'm hungry and that taco looks really really good and so in the in the spirit of brotherhood in the spirit of giving in the spirit of our of our unity would you mind if i took a juicy bite out of that wow bro yeah yeah would you let me chat? i like it i like it i love it man i love it that was uh, that was so good and once i edit this out i'll give some you know some inspirational music to go along that and make that as moving as possible but dude if if i was the guy i would i, I would i would give it to you i would hand it over to you man for sure oh, fantastic oh yeah in okay, quick great. fashion great. No, great. So uh, yeah. next time I see you, you owe me a taco. That's what I'm hearing. No, I said if I was that person. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, dude, you nailed that challenge, man. It's it's your command of language and everything. Just perfect. Top notch, man. I like it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, bro. Well, I think that is, um, unfortunately, the end of this podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you over this half an hour. We really learned a lot of values. Um, and I really think my audience has a lot that they can take um, from your story and from your uh, from the values that you've shared. And also, finally, um, they can learn maybe how to convince someone uh, to do something. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Got to eat that taco. Crucial skill. Crucial skill. But yeah, again, Isaac, bro, thanks so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Love reconnecting. Love chatting to you, bro. And again, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, man. Thank you so much. And yeah, so. Um, thank you so much, Flumelo, for um, joining me on this episode. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, this is the Footprints Podcast signing out. Bye-bye, everyone. Peace.